All right. Welcome, everyone, to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host. Well, almost as always, I'm here. But uh, today I am your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. With us pretty much as always, even when she boots me off the show, is our marketing director, Jen Weymore. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Adam. And yes, it is morning where we are while we're doing this. And we have a really cool repeat guest for you guys today. And it's not all that often that we feel that we've got such an amazing show that we would ask our guests to return. But here is one of those unique instances. So everyone, please welcome to the show, John Yacometa. Hey, John. Hi, Adam. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's been a while. We were uh, probably a year plus, 14 months, 16 months the last time we had you on the show. So uh, Mm -hmm. forgive me because, you know, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah. Um, So, you know, uh, I'd have to go back and actually watch the show to figure out what we talked about. I bet we were heavy on the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. I think we were heavy on the pandemic and and just kind of life in general and how weird it was a year ago and and funny the way the world works it's not any more normal right now it's just different <laughs> no it is not any more normal right now uh i would say we've probably uh, taken it to a new level of cartoon uh, I would agree. that time frame yeah it's it's definitely a pretty strange place to live and one of the things that i'm constantly thinking about which is really bizarre is my folks Mm. And here's a you know generation of people that actually caused a lot of the problems we're all dealing with just because it was <laughs> such an enormous amount of the population, right? I mean, that's really part of the problem is that we just can't sustain 8 billion people on the planet all trying to get everything they can. It's not mm. a model that works. We've got limited resources in that sense. And I'm actually a little jealous. I get that, you know, you boomers are, you know, worried about your kids, your grandkids, et cetera. But uh, that you kind of get to sit on the sidelines and watch it burn now uh, makes me a little jealous. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I I couldn't couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. As you're talking about that, I was thinking thinking about thinking about my folks and a lot of the conversations that we've had lately. Now I'm pushing forty, and they're uh, my parents had me pretty young. They're in their sixties, but they're starting starting to have some of the conversations and show some of the signs that you know you you remember from listening to them bitch when they were little about their parents and and yeah yeah it's all it's all there i think they're watching so i gotta be a little careful but i uh well let's hope so yeah let's hope as many people are watching as possible and without uh you know pulling any punches um the podcast has actually had some ridiculous increase in listenership like 900 percent week over week this year so credit where credit's due to jen Weybor for making that happen and to uh, some of our guests because i know people aren't tuning in to listen to me so <laughs> jen jen's brilliant she is <laughs> she is certainly that uh we are uh lucky to have such a resource yeah uh, among well, us well thank you oh, the rest sure, of us sure. just watch your social media to try to win Ah, well, and and we can certainly cover that before we uh, went live. We were talking about what an amazing, uh, just for those of you that are not in the know, John's in our market. We're all here in the uh, Denver metro area, the front range of Colorado. And 
we were trying to decide if there's ever been a better year to be a hockey fan in this market. Uh, we obviously recently crowned at the University of Denver as NCAA Division I hockey champions, the ninth time they've done that, uh, the most times anybody has done that, including uh, nine-time winner Michigan. Um, but we may be on track to have a Stanley Cup in town as well. So to have the NCAA and NHL champions in town the same year would uh, certainly be unique. Maybe we have some uh, live viewer or listenership that will answer that question for us if it's ever been done before. And I guess it may have been done in other cities. Someone was telling me it happened once in Boston. Uh, Boston University oh, and be. the Boston yeah. Bruins had uh, been NCAA and NHL champions in one year. But... We're not really here to talk about hockey. It's not a hockey podcast, although we probably could. Um, but, uh, you know, let's take all this stuff and kind of meld it together. And um, let's kind of loop in the fact that, John, you've been obviously spending a lot more time in a mentorship role over the last year, year and a half than when we had you on the show previously. Yeah. So it's been an interesting year plus for you. What does that look like? Tell us about, you know, the the fresh young minds that you're shaping. Sure. Maybe they're not that fresh or young, but you smell what I'm cooking. <laughs> it's, it, it takes all kinds, you know, we've got a lot of people. And I think, I think, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while since I haven't been in the real estate industry. Um, but I would imagine right now with looking at the headlines and hearing how busy the market is and seeing average prices go up and, you know, detached single families right around 800,000 and, People, you know, the general public, oh God, it's a great way to make a living. Maybe it's easy, easy money. And then you kind of jump in. So we've, we've, we've had all kinds um, join our brokerage and go through our mentorship program. And, and I would say for the most part, they, they work out, they figure out their style, they find their voice, they find some level of confidence, they figure out how they're going to be bringing in business. They learn the tools of the trade, not so much the tricks, you know, the tricks, the tricks come as they come, but really getting good with the contracts and understanding how to use all of the software and the tech and, and get out and understand what makes a good house versus what doesn't, you know, and, and building investor relationships or however people want to build a business. It's, it's, we've had all kinds of people, but it's been, it's been pretty successful last year in the mentorship program. There was, we did $30 million uh, worth of, worth of business and 57 deals, I think. So it's, that's pretty successful for new agents. That is pretty successful for new agents. How many people are we talking about? We had as many right now. We've only got about 10 in our program, but we've been up to 22 um, uh, between me and, and two other mentors in our, in our mentorship program. And I think we've, we've graduated of those, of the people that have been through, I think we've graduated total like 15 people th through it. Okay. Um, and that's, that's five deals completing their first five deals in our, in our program. And then right. we send them off on their own. Um, but yeah, I think I want to say, I want to say 15 or 16 total have graduated. We graduated eight last year and we've graduated seven so far in 2022. What do you, what do you think? I mean, don't worry. Um, I, I think in today's market, limited inventory, uh, interest rates, again, let's go, you know, back to the cartoon. Everything's, you know, a cartoon. Yeah. Um, those are pretty decent numbers. I don't think anybody in our industries would deny that, you know, uh, 10 people doing uh, near 60 deals at 30 mil is, you know, uh, impressive. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Particularly for newer people. Yeah. Um, I think that those numbers speak for themselves. What do you think it is that they are learning or implementing or uh, adopting that is bringing them that kind of success? What, what kinds of, you know, highlights are these people really, you know, running on all cylinders with? Um, it's just really making sure that they understand that this is a relationship based business, right? New, new no people are going to come in and nine out of 10 brand new agents, their first deal is going to be a buyer and maybe 50% of those are going to be first time home buyers. And in this market, that's a really hard position to be in. So we, you know, we do a lot of, a lot of coaching and role play around. If you're a buyer's agent, you're working with a buyer and you're one of your first deals. What does the conversation look like and sound like with a listing agent? Right. And mm-hmm. you're you're really trying to make an impression and stand out. How much should you be contacting them? What does building that relationship look like? You know, a lot of the sales techniques come in there and you can make a listing agent laugh and agent laugh on the other side and remember you can stand out. They're going to look for your offer. They're going to be able to communicate with you, pick up the phone, talk to you and, and really try to put your heads together to get a, get a deal done. Yeah, I agree. That's a big piece of it. Yeah. So it's a relationship business. I don't think any yeah. of us could deny that. Yeah. So uh, communication is king. Yeah. I don't think any of us could deny that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it it seems to me that we're probably instilling some general undeniable philosophies. Mm-hmm. Those are two of the biggest ones by far. Right. Um, how about something from a more tactical and tractional? perspective what are these people doing as relatively new agents to secure that kind of success get them got to get them over a couple of humps that make them uncomfortable when they when they get in right everybody's a little bit skeptical about social media and putting their face and their voice and and their opinion out um so it's getting over that hump and really driving home and you're you'll you're great at this you and jan are phenomenal at this is as consistency pick what you're going to do to get yourself in front of your sphere, pick what you're going to do to grow your sphere and do it consistently. Do whatever you can to like, if it's going to be, you know, two Facebook posts a week showing the houses that you've shown and a newsletter out to your sphere, that's great. Commit to it, give it the time, give it six months, give it eight months, give it the time it needs to to really percolate and, and become the foundation of your business. People will come to expect it. They will look at it. Don't worry so much about engagement, clicks and likes. Do whatever you can to stay top of mind and do it consistently. Yeah. Constancy and consistency are a big one. Yeah. Uh, there's no question about that. And we, we're calendar junkies. Yeah. You know, we have everything, you know, time blocked down to, you know, five minute increments in some cases. And we yep. know what we're doing and when we're doing it and that it's going to get done. Absolutely. Um, so that's certainly a big, big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you did touch on something that we do find very, very common, not just with new real estate agents, but certainly loan originators and other salespeople that are dealing direct to the consumer on large ticket items like homes, mortgages, cars, yep. insurance, financial planning, on and on, that there's th- there is a speed bump. There is a hang up on how I look, how I sound. Video is obviously a big one with this. Yep. And I, I think it's, I still think we get the best traction out of explaining to people, look. Yeah. That's how you look and sound. Yep. Okay. None of us like it. Yeah. You, 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 you either adjust, you adapt, you get over it, you put it behind you, you ignore it, whatever, but you have to do one of those things yeah. because we will literally have 
thousands of people either watch or listen to this podcast or video cast and then subsequently the podcast later in the week. And I don't like the way I look or sound, but now I get to look and sound that way a thousand or thousands on one rather than one on one. Exactly. And yeah, you and I'll get together and we'll have lunch from time to time. And guess what? I still look and sound exactly like this. Yep. So, you know, do you want to look and sound the way you do one-on-one or do you want to look and sound the way you do a thousand on one? Yep. So yeah, yep. knock down that barrier, get over that speed bump. However, you guys are defining it. This is something that you should not let define you. Yeah. Um, without equivocation, and I do understand it is a big deal, and we do have a lot of people bring up that particular objection, no question. Sure. Um, the other one, and I know you had kind of touched on it, but I think it's really important, is that there's a certain level of opinion, of authenticity, of transparency that these people also need to be exhibiting, exercising, having out there, because this is the kind of thing that's going to help you attract people that you do want to have relationships with. It's a relationship business, so that will lead to business. And what a lot of people don't understand is that if we are I don't want to say opinionated, that's not the right word, but if we're authentic and transparent about who we are, what we're into, what we do, then we're also going to repel people that we wouldn't want to work with. Yes. Which is huge because that is going to drive all kinds of things that you wouldn't even know about. As a new real estate agent, as a new loan originator, whatever the case may be, you're going to work transactions that come to you because you need to. You need to get experience under your belt. You need to help people as best you can, as much as you can, as quickly as you can, as frequently as you can. And I think it's important to understand that a lot of that mentality as your career goes on, as your career develops, is going to lead to frustration. Mm -hmm. You're not going to build a business right now out of first-time homebuyers. Nope. Okay? It's just they're difficult transactions, virtually impossible. Certainly in our market. I mean, we have almost eliminated first-time buyers from the market in Denver. And I'm assuming that's true of every major metropolitan area, Seattle, Portland, Atlanta, New York, San Francisco, on and on. So we've got to pay really close attention to what we're doing early on in our development of a repeat and referral business or a strict repeat and referral business, because we've got to be really careful about what kind of people are referring business to us, because they're going to refer people to us that are just like them. Yep. So, yeah, we've got to be really cognizant about that. But I think a big piece of the puzzle that people miss is that you won't even see it. It'll just be organic, but you're going to repel the people that you don't want to work with. If you are a vegan, don't market to the Cattlemen's Association. Yes. We talk about this. Find your tribes, go to vegan restaurants, go to the vegan grocery stores, talk about who you are and what you do outside of your veganism, and you're going to attract those people. If you're transparent about your veganism online, the people that are with the Cattlemen's Association aren't going to be attracted to you. They're not going to magnetically come into your sphere, and you're not going to have to worry about dealing with them when it comes to refinancing a home, buying a home, selling them insurance, whatever the case may be. 
Absolutely. So, yeah, that's certainly a big, big deal. I wanted to make sure that uh, our audience really picks up what you're putting down there. Good. Well, thank, thank you for clarifying. And so I learned that lesson as a teacher, like week two. Oh, yeah, that's school. right. You were a yeah. teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Like week two of my first year, uh, you know, you realize as a kid, you think teachers have teacher voice. You think they speak to you in a certain way. And I realized that teacher voice like week two just doesn't work. The kids kids see through that bullshit in, in, in five seconds. They will, <laughs> they will call you out. They will eat your lunch and you will have lost them forever. And good luck if you can make it back the next year. And the same goes. I would imagine anywhere, but it certainly it certainly goes here. If you're presenting yourself in a way that is disingenuous, not authentic, it's it's going to get snuffed out really quickly, and your chances of success dwindle rapidly. Yeah, we're we're creating like uh, Charlie Brown's teachers in the real estate world. Yeah, yeah, And then worse than anything, nobody will hear your message. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's just. If you want your message heard, whether it's about how you feel, how important it is when it comes to homeownership, or whether it's the animal shelter that you feel very strongly about. Yep. Yeah. If you are not transparent, authentic, genuine, no matter what your message is, you're not going to be heard. No. And the people who don't appreciate that authenticity, that transparency, they're not going to hear your message anyway. So yeah. be gone. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to say fuck them, but fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Right, okay. <laughs> and and Jen's laughing because I figured out how to drop two F-bombs. I, in a I know. I, I was the first one to drop an F-bomb last week. Hashtag uh, winning. <laughs> I do think that John touched on a really important part that we talk about in coaching. Um, when you mentioned post the two the two houses that you're showing and do your newsletter, whatever it is, oh, be yeah. consistent with it. Yeah. One of the biggest questions we get with coaching is when's the best time to post on social media? Mm -hmm. whenever you're going to post. And mm -hmm. I posted this quote in the comments, but the first time I saw Andrew Katie speak at a conference, he said, content is king, but consistency is queen and she rules the house. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite quotes when it comes to social media. Um, but then you have to give it the time. Like you said, John, like actually give it the time to work. There's so many people like, I mean, Adam gives the example of the guy who went door knocking, who it didn't work after a month. So he said it didn't work. Same thing with social media. You have to give it, the time 100%. to work yep 100%. six months at least of consistently posting the same times every week yep before you can say it doesn't work yeah give it the time wish i had a buck for every time i had one of those conversations like well i posted it and i got poor likes that's right yep right you're you're, you're missing you're missing the point it's and seriously you know and that's touching on expectations coming into this industry they're not they're not properly said i, I we probably talked last time about the uh, incredibly low uh, barrier of entry into this industry and it just doesn't prepare you for for what to expect and nobody understands that you know the first six months of you working in real estate is you figuring out how to be a ceo and figuring out how to lay the foundation of your of your business like that's that's the first six months everything that you're doing is going to bear fruit eight to twelve to eighteen months down the road or more or more five years 10 years yeah. um i do think a big piece of the puzzle that a lot of people are missing not necessarily just real estate agents but loan originators on and on is that this is really important shit this is big time shit yeah you are helping people in and i don't care who they are that first time buyer picking up a condo you know in a in a slummy part of town or uh, a 
you know, a, a wealthy, you know, commercial developer buying a new office building, it's the biggest transaction of their lives, whoever they are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I heard I heard something recently that really kind of shifted my mindset on it because you hear that, you know, you hear that all the time. This is the biggest transaction of somebody's life and you're a part of it. But I thought about it and I heard about it. I heard this. I forget who said it. I was at a, at a conference um, and the speaker was talking about the importance of real estate agents kind of through that lens. But it was more about you are there because something happened. They need you because they got married, because they had a kid, because there was a death right? Because there was a divorce. There's something happening in in this person's life and you have a role in it, right? In addition to it already being the biggest financial whatever of their entire life, you're there to help them as they're dealing with and experiencing their lives too. And and, and it's a major shift in their life, whatever is going on. So I, I, I thought that was interesting that's something that's resonated with me that i'm trying to trying to work on in my business and make sure that i convey that to my clients and to the to the agents that i'm mentoring yeah I, okay so there are a couple of points here that i want to cover that one's really important so i'm going to come back to the other one what you're describing is a lot of what we put into the sales psychology in our lead gen coaching to begin with yeah these there are psychological triggers that lead to the buying and selling of homes. And that's when you need to be involved in these people's lives. Yep. Right? I mean, when we get to the point where if I decide today, I'm going to go look at a new house, whatever trigger, whatever psychological trigger led to that has occurred. Yeah. It's past. It's history. Yep. I already got married. I already had a baby. I already, you know, filed for divorce. Um, I already had that death in the family, whatever the case may be. That's where we need to be involved in. You can't really call it the sales process, but that's where you need to be involved in the sales process, which is why it has to be a relationship business. Yeah. You have to have relationships with people in order to be the one that people think of when that psychological trigger occurs. Yeah. All right. The other piece of this, and I'm surprised Jen didn't you know, browbeat us with it, is... We've got to be putting personal content out, social media, videos, so on and so forth. So for those of you that are listening and think that, you know, John and Jen and I are telling you to, you know, post twice a week with the houses that your listing are closed on or to put your monthly newsletter out there once a week, once a month, once a quarter, whatever it's going to be. That's we're scratching the surface. You guys need to be focused. I think I'd say 80-20. Jen would say 90-10. 90-10. She's, she's <laughs> going to, well, Jen Jen's an active home buyer as we speak. All right. She is, she is that target for a lot of people of this giant generation known as the millennials. Yeah. Second only to the boomers in yeah. size. And so 90-10 may be right. You have got to be putting 90% of your shit out there about who you are, not what you do. Yes. If people don't know what you do, you need to go back to the sales marketing 101 stage because everybody in your circle, everybody in your social media audiences, everybody in your mailing list, your emailing list, your text campaign list, your voicemail campaign list, whatever it is you're doing, should already know that you're in real estate or yeah. mortgages or whatever it is you sell. Um, that the brunt, the vast majority of your content has got to be that who you are, what you're about, what you're into. Are you married? Do you have kids? 
Are you divorced? Do you like dogs? Do you teach yoga? Are you a vegan? Do you like to eat cow? Whatever the case may be, this is the kind of thing you've got to be pushing out there to your audience because that's how people are going to relate to you. That's how people are going to connect to you. And again, even better, that's how the people you wouldn't want to work with are going to be repelled by you anyway. Yep. Yeah, so Absolutely. I, I don't know how we got away from Jen beating the brow beating us over. Well, she's she's right. I mean, my my newsletter is is a quick two to three minute video of me spewing some stats and an anecdote from my business, and then the rest of the sections are the coolest shit I did in March, the best restaurant I ate at, the book I read, the music I listened to, like, and those are the things that people always engage with. Wait, wait, why, why, why are you denying our audience? What was the coolest shit you did in March? Um, well, I don't, I don't, I didn't well, do, well, I didn't do the best restaurant. I went, I went to, uh, I went to play golf in Oregon at Bandon Dunes in February, and okay. that was pretty cool. March was kind of fucking boring, but February was awesome. <laughs> okay, top restaurant. Uh, top restaurant was uh, Atomo Wine down uh, across the street from Coors Field. Okay. The little little wine bars. The, the the guy who owns Snooze, who started Snooze, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a love a love affair with um. I forget the name of the uh, it's uh, some like Tuscan villa where they have uh, he's a big 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 wino and went and fell in love and he bought some property in Italy and um has his grapes shipped here and this and this is his his winery and he does. Uh, wine education, wine tasting, and then some small plates. You, you see Jen perk up there. I'm Jen's, googling it. Jen's I'm a sommelier, it so nice. yeah, one of one of Jen's side gigs is wine. She's a sommelier, so oh, yeah, this is really kind of cool. entertaining yeah. for her, no question. All right, yeah. what are you reading? Um, I just finished a book called Cloud Cuckoo Land by a guy named Anthony Dorr, uh, which was kind of it was kind of interesting. It's multiple multiple narratives and an analysis of the human condition uh, through a shared text that that had been lost, a fictional shared text that had been, that had been lost. I read mostly fiction. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I would love time for that. If I get reading time, well, frankly, it's audible and frankly, it's nonfiction. Yeah. I did a, I've done a lot of traveling in the last few weeks. So I've had a lot of time on planes with no phone so I can actually open a book and read it. Wow. Yeah. The actual yeah. printed word. Yes. The actual printed word. Phenomenal. Yeah. All right. What about you, Jen? What are you reading these days? Um, I'm finishing the go-giver is my like physical book that I'm reading. That's a good on one. My That's Kindle. I, yeah, that adorns my shelf it's for sure. Quick, quick read on Kindle. I'm working my way through the Bridgerton books, which I don't oh. know either of you have any idea what Bridgerton. There we go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and then on Audible, I'm re-listening to the Harry Potter books for the millionth time. <laughs> Good. You are such a child. I am a child. <laughs> All right. But the narrator of the Harry Potter books does a different voice for every single character. Like he's phenomenal. That's and amazing. I know Adam, you haven't read Harry Potter, but it's a lot of characters. Not so. yeah, not really a fan. Uh, but <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's fine. It's fine. <sighs> okay. What are you well, reading? Adam, there's a lot of shit uh, on your so, show. Yeah, right now our book club is uh doing extreme ownership. What's that about? Uh, well, literally just like you would uh, expect, it's written by a couple of former Navy SEALs mm. that basically 
do lengthy narratives about different experiences during the uh, Iraqi wars. Um, I think it was, uh, it was either, no, I think it's all Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, there might be some anecdotal stuff. Now, I don't think it goes as far back as uh, Desert Storm. I think it's all Iraqi Freedom. And then how they relate the, you know, movement, the chain of command, the uh, tactical work, so on and so forth, to their business coaching. And they do coach some really big uh, corporations, executives, tons of uh, organizations with big middle management levels, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so uh, literally extreme ownership that, you know, you cannot run a business without understanding that every failure is yours. Yeah. Right. If, if Jen screws up a project, then it's because I didn't explain how I needed it done. 100%. If we're not handling client transactions properly, it's because I haven't explained what those steps need to be. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, yeah, the general concept of extreme ownership, which is uh, phenomenal, and it's, as well as um, things that uh, the one that the chapter I'm in right now that's really been uh, hitting me is to prioritize and execute. I think a lot of what goes on with all of us is that we try to take on too much at one time. Yeah. And because of it, we fail at a lot of things. We don't succeed as much as we could. So I do think it's important to prioritize things that you're working on, execute, move on to the next one on your list, execute, move on to the next one, so on and so forth, rather than trying to do everything at one time. And I think a lot of businesses fail because of that as well. Yes. Uh, or don't have the success that they could. Yeah. Um, so yeah, extreme ownership is where the book club is at today. And uh, you know, kudos to a small handful of really badass loan originators from the uh, from coast to coast that have formed this little uh, self-help business nonfiction uh, yeah. book club that we've uh, kind of been pushing through. So, yeah, that's this month's selection. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Yeah. And, oh, look at that. We are spot on time, which right. means we're going to run over because we haven't wrapped anything up. And, God, where did that half hour go? Flew by. Jesus. Okay. Really yeah, well, John... I trust you'll be, you'll be willing to come back. Oh, yeah. To join us again. Jen, get with John. Make that happen. Because, um, yeah, boy, we, did we talk about anything relevant? <laughs> God, it seems like it. We had this really intelligent conversation and half hour gone. gone. Of an eye. All right, Jen, to wrap it up, take us home. I know you All got right, big friends. things on your horizon. All the things. Uh, so if you want to find out more about us, text tips to 63566. It is scrolling across the bottom of the screen if you're watching the video. Um, again, that's tips to 63566. It will give you a lot of info. Uh, all of our recent episodes of the show, links to the podcast on both Apple and Spotify, Amazon coming soon. Pain in the butt. Um, and the big things, well, we'll do this first. You can get a copy of Adam's book, Just the Tips. Um, on top of that, Social Media Day Denver tickets are on sale. Early bird tickets, uh, the price is going up really soon. So um, socialmediadaydenver.com, or you can get that info from the text code. Uh, Social Media Day is June 30th, Thursday, June 30th at Metro State University. We have some badass speakers lined up. I'm really excited. So that is there. And then 
before long, Mile High Mastermind tickets will be up for sale too. So that is um, kind of a lead generation, basically focused conference. We have a few speakers talk about mindset as well. Um, that's September 16th and 17th at the University of Denver. And again, those tickets will be going on sale probably here in the next month or so, which is crazy. Crazy. Hard to believe. All the things. All the things. Time flying. Yeah. Indeed. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's good to be busy. Sure. I'm trying to, you know, find a way to sugarcoat this as best we can. <laughs> the, the the only advice I would really give is if you have the ability to not become an adult, don't. Don't. It is time consuming and expensive, and nobody warns you. <laughs> All right. So, John, thank you for carving out this time with us again. I know coming up with uh, this window on a Monday morning is not easy to do, but uh, we do love having you on the show and we'll do so again uh, for the rest of you, either watching or listening live or in syndication. We do this live 1030 on Monday mornings. That's in the mountain time zone, currently mountain daylight time. And yeah, we're pretty consistent about it. Like we described over the course of the podcast of 52 weeks a year. We probably do what 45 episodes, Jen? I think it's 40, 44, 45 most okay. years. So. so pretty close to that. Um, yeah. We do tend to take a, a couple of holidays ourselves. So uh, not always 100%, but uh, so feel free to tune in for that. And obviously, Jen, I'll let you guys know how to get a hold of us. If you want to know anything more about us, please feel free. And John, don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll chat yeah. a little bit more offline. The rest of you, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Mm -hmm.